This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. For a second there, I thought I said leopards. <laughs> Which, I mean, I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN <laughs> Radio. How many times in the first few weeks of the show have you just sat there just kind of mentally, what am I doing? Doing inventory? Sh- yeah, just shaking, shaking your head in your inner monologue, if you will, about your decisions in being a part of all of this and i'm pointing to me yeah there's a lot of self self-evaluation that goes on on a regular basis not gonna lie not always about my my relationship with you just basically about being joe fortinball in general and i use the third person there because i really have to drive the point home that it might look good at times when you see the three-piece suit and the mustache on tv but it's a lot more work than it uh than it appears i will give you that much yeah listen there's i'm with you there's a whole lot more going on in this dome that anybody really wants to know about (laughs) i can tell you that it's not just what are we having for lunch people (laughs) it's not sadly although that does tend to solve a lot of the problems anyway car the cowboys and 49ers on sunday night i i have been kicking this around for a few days trying to figure out ways for Dallas to actually win this game. And we talked about it yesterday that this has got to be a Dak game for them to win. I think that's a big part of it. But I'm really having trouble coming up with ways for the Cowboys to beat the 49ers. We had Andrew Hawkins uh, on the show earlier talking about uh, this particular matchup. And I I think one of the things that constantly comes up when you're trying to figure out how they can do it is exactly what the biggest keys to it are going to be. Boys, uh, Hawk, I don't have on the screen, so if you can play it from there, I want to hear from Hawk again on what he said earlier about how the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. It comes down to Dak. You know, I I think talent-wise, it's like that's always the first thing you look at. Is this this team talent enough to compete? The answer is yes. They're an extremely talented football team. Do they have – a quarterback that can get it done. The answer is yes. Dak's talent has never been in question. And we have seen him be brilliant at moments. When the games are critical, when the games are close, what Dak has to transition to is being an asset to his team. And what definitely, absolutely, under no circumstances can happen is that he is the reason why they lose. And yet, I have a feeling that's going to be what happens. I, I have a feeling that San Francisco defensively is going to light him up. And there are going to be some bad throws made. There are going to be some bad decisions made. And the the solution that I have basically come to, or or basically the the you know eventuality that I have come to, is that the Cowboys are going to get blown out in this game. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh here we go. Wednesday yeah. takes the Cowboys are getting blown out. Okay, I'm going to need. Think it through, and I'm going to need you to come up with a number for me because I'm going to look for some alternate to- alternate point spreads here, and we might find ourselves a nice little opportunity on this Wednesday. I got 31-10. You got 31-10, so you got 21. Wow. Yeah. Do you see it being close early, or do you see this just getting out of hand from the go and just progressively getting uglier for the Cowboys? This feels like one of those games but that by the middle of the second quarter – you know exactly where it's headed. And there's no coming back from it. Because the 49ers physically are going to establish themselves very early in this game. And I'm not talking about running the ball down your throat or anything like that. I'm talking about the defense beating up on the offense. 
I fully see that happening. The 49ers defense is just entirely too good. This is, you know, we talk about measuring stick games for the Cowboys. This ain't a measuring stick game for the 49ers. Like, they know what they are. They already have their identity intact. They, they don't need to be measured against anybody else. They are an outstanding football team that may be the best in the league right now. If not, they're a very close 1A to Philadelphia. And there's no reason for them to even treat the Cowboys mentally like they're going to do anything but just physically manhandle them. And I expect that to be what happens because that's their identity. That's what they do. And the Cowboys still struggle with that. Just incredible disrespect. This is where I go from radio host to listener. I'm just this a is, listener and, right and, now. And let's be clear. This is. Let's be okay. clear. So let's here's, be clear, here's, though. But when I say it, I'm never going to be like Paul where I'll say no disrespect. No, complete disrespect. <laughs> and I want you to have that and own it. Complete disrespect. disrespect. intended. Yes. All right. So the best I can get you on short notice is an alternate spread of minus 16 and a half. So you need the Niners to win by 17 or more, plus 445. 100 bucks returns 445 in profit. Are you still interested? The Niners by how much? 14 and a half? 16 and a half. I need you to listen. I need you to listen. No, no, no. I got it go back to talking. No, I got it confused with the 445. Um, <laughs> I'm not good with numbers, dude. I'm All right. Not. Minus, you need to win by 17 or more. Yes, no. Plus 445. That. Okay, Handman. I got it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I would like a little bit longer number there, but I would still play it. Okay. Like nearly 5-1 to one to win by 17. Yeah, I'd play that. You go back to last year's meeting in the, in the playoffs between these two. The game was won in the margins. Niners win 19-12. to 12. It was really tight pretty much all the way around. The Niners only outgained the Cowboys by about 30 yards. Okay, so they put up comparable yardage numbers the score was a one score game 19 12 the difference was in three key categories and this is the mike mccarthy Dak prescott effect category number one turnover differential dallas was minus one in that game category number two penalties dallas committed seven san francisco committed three category number three third down conversions extending drives dallas was 33 percent san francisco was 50 percent those are the margins. That's where the game was won. Penalties, turnovers, and third downs. That was yeah. the difference in the game last year. You believe this one will not be close, so that shouldn't necessarily matter. If it is close, that's where Dallas has to clean it up. You can't commit the big turnovers in the big spots. You can't commit the stupid penalties. You can't get blown out on third down conversions. That's going to be the difference. I want to sit here and believe Dallas is capable of making this a game. But the reality of the situation is we've seen nothing from Dallas yet. They beat up on three bad football teams. The Giants stink, the Jets stink, the Patriots stink. They lost to Arizona. I'm not going to bag them for that. Like I've said many times since that loss, it's a 17-game season. You're going to lose a few. Whether it's the big one or this one, so be it. Everyone lets one fall through the cracks here and there, so I don't think that's the end of the world. But you haven't beaten anybody at all so all the talk we heard about how great the defense is and the respect they deserve they've played nobody the offense you should have big numbers because you've played nobody this is the game this is the game right here i don't want to hear 
anything from that fan base or that organization if they go up there and do exactly what you're predicting them to do, which is get manhandled in that game. Because every year we talk about this team in the preseason, throughout the regular season, and then we inevitably get to the playoffs, and they have done nothing. There's no team we spend more time on that does less than the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't want to hear about the Jets because that just started in the last year. The National League Wildcard Series continues on ESPN Radio. The Phillies begin the postseason with a huge Game 1 win at home. Will the Marlins bounce back to force a Game 3? Or is Philadelphia moving on with a Game 2 sweep? Coverage begins today at 7.30 Eastern with first pitch at 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. He was in Philadelphia last night. He continues to be. He is ESPN, baseball insider, Buster Olney. He was on the broadcast last night, continues to be Phillies and Marlins. Buster, Chris Carlin, along with Joe Fortenbach, Carlin versus Joe. Appreciate it, as always. Great to talk to you. Tell me about that atmosphere at Citizens Bank Park last night. Huh? Hello? I, I can't hear you. <laughs> yes. I'm serious, guys. And by the way, your show leads the world in declarative statements, okay? Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's what we aim all to. The time. I listen all the time. Last night when I left the ballpark, I, I was walking out to meet, you know, Carl Ravitch and David Cohen and Eduardo Perez. We're getting our car uh, back to the hotel, and, and I, my hearing was, it was like I was at a concert that was times 10, you know, spinal tap. We hit 11 last night. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, as the game started, I interviewed Jazz Chisholm, and I didn't realize this, but people have told me, why were you yelling at him? And I'm like, because I couldn't hear anything. Jazz was just <laughs> sitting there as I was uh, asking him the question, and he had the biggest grin on his face. He's kind of waving the Phillies crowd like, I can't hear you. Let's go a little louder. It is really fun and really loud. Okay, so the Phillies, they're they're – Banking on another red October. Lineup looks set. Looks like you're going to get another vintage performance from Zach Wheeler. The big problem last year was Aaron Nola in some of the key spots. Any reason to believe it could be different this year for Nola? Yes, uh, it is. There is. Uh, first off, he's made a mechanical adjustment. They thought that he had kind of spun out. He had gotten to a point where he's spinning out in his delivery. They put him more online. They felt like he pitched better. Uh, you know, down the stretch in his last couple starts. But beyond that, I think the Phillies, you know, unlike last year where they had to scramble again to the playoffs, they really spent September resting their pitchers for October, which is part of the reason why Zach Wheeler looks so good. Right now, I think you make a case that Zach Wheeler's the best starting pitcher in the postseason. So Nola, other guys in that rotation, they're rested going into this start. And I would say, too, I, I mean, besides uh, Nola, and if you're the Phillies, you're hoping he's going to pitch better. You know, their numbers against Garrett, who starts for the uh, Marlins tonight, across the board, individual success. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how quickly Skip Schumacher, the Marlins manager, you know, one game away from elimination, is aggressive in going to his bullpen if the Phillies start to, to rally early on. The familiar voice of Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider. He's on the TV broadcast of the Phillies and the Marlins. And we've also got bigger picture stuff to get through throughout baseball. One more on the playoffs before we get into some of these managerial situations. Uh, When you look at the other three games yesterday, what caught your attention the most? That the Diamondbacks 
had the first body blow applied to the to the Brewers the day after the Brewers get word that Brandon Woodruff is going to be out of the playoffs. It looks like with a shoulder issue. You know, to, for the Brewers to lose a lead with Corbin Burns on the mound, and for the young Diamondbacks team, you know, Corbin Carroll, first taste of uh, the postseason. Uh, you know, for the Diamondbacks to come back in that situation, that that says a lot about the Diamondbacks who had to fight and scrap to win the playoffs. And I must say about Corbin Carroll, he's so composed, he's so uh, mature, you know, and he looks just so comfortable in in a, the biggest stage in baseball. In fact, the most nervous I heard him yesterday was his post game interview with Jesse Rogers. Like I, the whole game, he looks totally at ease, big stage, and then he talks to Jesse. You could feel the nervousness, anxiety of him just in that. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Buster Olney joining us here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. All right, let's transition to the New York Mets. Big expectations this season. They didn't meet them. So now they're looking for a new manager. What can you tell us is the latest out of New York? Everyone is wondering, uh, will Craig Council take the Mets money? You know, he, we're going to talk so much about the free agency of Shohei Otani and Cody Bellinger this offseason. Craig Council's free agency, because his contract is, is up as manager of the Brewers coming up, is one of the most important free agencies of the fall. And we know this, nobody is going to be outspent uh, you know, when it comes to Steve Cohen. And you know that the offer, because we've heard about the eight-figure salary that David Stearns is getting per year with the, the Mets, we know that council is going to be offered the money. We just don't know if the Midwestern guy is going to leave the Midwest. And it's going to be a fascinating question, but he is the obvious first choice. Um, Buck Showalter just left the Mets. A lot of speculation in the industry about whether or not Buck is going to wind up with the Angels. Perry Manassi and their general manager used to be one of the clubhouse guys with the Texas Rangers. He knows Buck for years and years and years. If you're Perry Manassi and you got maybe another year or two to prove yourself, Buck Showalter is someone he really trusts. You know, that's interesting. And I was surprised that they moved on from Showalter um, just because this doesn't feel like it was his fault. But you got Stearns coming in, too, to run the show. It's Buster Olney with us on ESPN Radio. Uh, With that in mind, you look at the Yankees. They talk about that there's going to be a whole lot of changes, but it doesn't feel like there are going to be a whole lot of changes. So what are they going to do this offseason to fix this? Well, in the end, uh, you know, unless Hal Steinbrenner wakes up and just decides, you know what, I, I got to throw somebody to the mob, <laughs> yeah. to the angry Yankee fan mob, uh, I, it doesn't feel like they're going to necessarily do anything with any of the big names. You know, there might be some tweaks uh, to their lineup. There might be some changes in terms of how they evaluate things. Maybe they get away finally from having a, a, such a right-handed hitting lineup. Uh, but I don't, I, you know, I keep on asking the question every day. People I talk to is Aaron Boone safe? Is Aaron Boone safe? Uh, you know, want, waiting for that uh, declarative sentence that yes, in fact, he is going to be safe. I think the biggest change for them is going to be whether or not they add one of the premier left-handed hitters who are available. Cody Bellinger is the top of the list. And you know this, you know, we always ask about, you know, players being comfortable in a big market. Cody Bellinger could drop into New York and with ease. He would be totally comfortable there, and he's probably the type of player that they desperately need right now between the athleticism, the age, uh, the power that he brings on the left side of the plate. Buster, last one here. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, their future in Anaheim. Lay it out for me. Is it likely that both of those guys are back next year? 
So people that I've spoken with absolutely who know Otani believe that he's already picked the team that he's going to go to. Uh, and they just, you know, everyone kind of wonders, is it going to be the Dodgers? Is it going to be the Mariners? Uh, you know, we'll see if what he said about wanting to win, you take him at face value, because if he goes to the Angels, he's not going to win anytime soon. Let's uh-huh. face it, with the way that team is. And with Mike Trout, he's missed so many games the last few years because of injuries, and he's owed so much money. It would be really difficult for the Angels to trade him unless they, like, pitched in more than half his salary. Folks with other teams really are very doubtful that uh, the Angels be able to find a suitable deal without basically having to give them away. Buster, great stuff as usual. Enjoy it tonight in Philadelphia. Marlins and the Phillies. Thanks again. See you guys. Yep, that's Buster Olney, ESPN, baseball insider. And, uh, fan listen, of the show. Uh, uh, fan uh, of the show. Yeah, oh, absolutely fan of the show. And I, I can listen he was to listening, Buster. And we appreciate that. Yes, we do. And I, 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 I tell you what, I can listen to Buster talk about baseball all day. Yes. Because he, he will get you the information that you're looking for. And I am fascinated as to what uh, continues to play out here with not only the New York teams, but with Otani specifically and where he ends up, and also the idea that he is a West Coast-only guy because so far that has been the primary indication that we have gotten. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Want to know yesterday in baseball? Sorry. I made sure everyone wanted to know that. Day betting alert. (laughs) My bad. My bad. I was looking at you, and I'm like, I got a half second to hit it. Day betting alert. Here we go. That's the alert I care about. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've gotten ourselves nice and situated, Pizza Money yesterday, 1-0, up a unit overall, 26-19-1, up 5.02 units. We gave you a bet earlier, under eight runs in the Minnesota 
Toronto matchup. Now we want to give you another matchup. Carlin's beloved Texas Rangers have a 1-0 series lead over Tampa Bay. We are going to go ahead and play Tampa Bay first five innings minus 150. We're playing the starting pitching matchup. So anything that happens after the fifth inning does not matter here. This is a first five inning wager. We are laying the minus 150. Tampa season on the line. They turn to Zach Eflin who's been very good this year. 3.09 XERA. That is a career best. He's going against Nate Eovaldi. 3.99 XERA. He's been good but this is the ultimate back against the wall spot right here. The desperation spot. Tampa at home. We're going to take the raise. First five innings minus 150. Day betting alert. (laughs) Day betting alert. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Why do you hate me? Why would you? I don't hate you. I didn't say you're not going to win the series. I just said you're not going to win today. You're not going to win today. Okay. Well, that's all right. I'm always trying to pick up a little coin. So if they are, out of curiosity, if you have it nearby, if they are minus 150 for the first five innings, that would mean Texas is plus what? For the first uh, five innings at that Let point. me go ahead and bring that up. It because, is nearby. The reason, this the is reason, a classic filibuster. They well, are is, plus 124. Ooh, and the reason I like it is because Texas' bullpen is terrible. Is absolutely terrible. And Nate Evaldi has been a very good postseason pitcher. Mm-hmm. So eh, maybe I'm just seeing things a little bit differently than you. If you want to, you're go seeing the field differently. That's okay. You're, you're looking down the field. You're seeing the receivers. You're seeing the defense differently. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. I, I am hope- not going to go 100 percent on this show. I think we both are aware of that. Is this a three way bet? Where if it's a tie, or does it void if it's a tie? And here comes Hanman making it more difficult than it needs to be. A, a tie is a push. It is not a three-way line. That is a fairly good question. Not a three-way line. If it is 2-2 after five innings, that is a push. All money refunded. All Thank money you. refunded, with the exception of the VIG. <laughs> right? The no, VIG, VIG comes back? Get... What are you talking about? VIG comes back, too? I'm yeah, sorry. you lay the 110, you get the 110 back. Oh, okay. Okay. The, the VIG is only if you're a loser. If you're a winner, you don't have to worry about any of that. If you push, you don't have to worry about any of that. Well, that, therein lies why I would think otherwise, because it's not very often <laughs> that I'm coming away with the W in these circumstances. So you get it. That's why Let's I get hot. in the spot. I hope so. Hot from yesterday. I love it. Let's see if that continues. I, listen, if I'm in this spot, I would be very surprised if the Rays do not bounce back today. They are just too good of a team with what they've done throughout the course of the year, even though they didn't win the division. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Fat and sassy and spoiled. Fat and sassy and spoiled. (laughs) That's right, baby. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. There is a bizarre story going around, rumors on the Internet, and not not fully proven yet, so naturally we'll talk about it here. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That Matt Canada, the Steelers' offensive coordinator, has a burner account in which he is defending all of his moves online. Now, here's the thought behind it, Joe. Uh, He called himself, I think it's like Tommy Football or something like that. That's original, at least. Yes. After what, Tommy Maddox? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think they called Tommy Maddox Tommy Football and not Tommy Turnover. Yeah, no. (laughs) But so this is what Matt Canada is supposedly doing. Every one of the posts from this particular Steelers fan account or Twitter account is responding to negative tweets about Matt Canada from prominent Steeler accounts. I'm sorry, it's Danny Football. Danny Football. A guy named Dan Robbins. Now, why do people think it's Matt Canada? It's not just because everything he is saying is pinning all of it on players and other circumstances around the Steelers' offensive failings and defending Matt Canada. One super sleuth on the internet put in a lost password request on that account. So they, you get a note back from X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it, that says, do you want us to send the confirmation code to this email address and they don't give you the specific email address but they give you clues and the clues is like the couple of letters here and there and it started with an m like wheel of fortune right exactly and it started with an m and then it said at and that began with an s and people were doing the math and counting all the letters and they think it's matthew.canada at steelers.com so there is very circumstantial evidence leading toward this. Oh, you he, think? You think that's what this is? Circumstantial? Att- well, I'm going to... This isn't rock hard? I, I'm going to turn it over to you as an attorney. Please lay out for me uh, the evidence that we have here, the validity that you would put into it, and secondly, do you think that this would lead to Met Canada having a burner account? It's certainly interesting. It's certainly interesting on many different levels. Number one, how would Matt Canada have this much time on his hands? Number two, how would the people who have figured this out have this much time on their hands? I have no time on my hands, none. 
I am just fascinated and envious of people who have this type of time to spend throughout their life. It is just utterly fascinating to me. On top of that, it wouldn't be a good look for Canada because, you know, his offense isn't doing very well right now. So the thought process would be you'd be spending your time fixing that rather than going to Twitter. But I do understand the psychology of the burner account, the ability to go out there and like a therapy session, just dump your frustrations, right? Like you can't publicly defend yourself against these people. You just have to take these shots and you have to give the old tired cliches. You know, we're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to figure this thing out. We're going to put the work in this week. But you all—you would love to say something to these Twitter eggs. So, you know, you create the burner. You go out there and you, you, you get the frustration out. You get to vent. Maybe you feel a little bit better. But we also have to realize that, you know, it would be possible for someone to create a fake Canada burner account and create an email address that looks like that one. Sure. Then go ahead and send out some tweets. Then go ahead and circle back and say, ooh, look what we found in order to draw attention to yourself. I put nothing past nobody. That's Joe Fortenbaugh's motto. Stone Cold Steve Austin was all about don't trust anybody. Joe Fortenbaugh's motto, I put nothing past nobody. And I don't even know if grammatically that works, but you get where I'm going. Works for me. Uh, And I get it. And I understand what you're saying. And I I don't think he could be this stupid. But every time I utter that (laughs) sentence... Every time I utter that sentence, I'm proven wrong, that people can be just that stupid. After the whole Brian Colangelo burner account thing oh, God. in Philadelphia, I, I do think people can be just that stupid. Now, having said all of that, all of it stems from the fact that he is drawing the criticism that he is, that the Steelers' offense has been inept so far, and that they are sitting there at 2-2 two and two after getting their doors blown off this past week in Houston by the Texans. Mike Tomlin has got them practicing in full pads, and they don't look anywhere near uh, like the team that they have traditionally been. So it leads to speculation like this from Pat McAfee yesterday on his show. Feels like this is a different year for Tomlin. Feels like Mm -hmm. all the acceptance of just him being the coach for the Steelers is being viewed a little bit differently. And every time he does, which this is how Tomlin has answered things for his entire career as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He's been loyal to his very core, like that to his coaches. He is going to remain the same thing. He has all his statements that basically say, we don't overreact when everybody else is doing it. But it feels like this year, the reaction from the people that are normally on his side, because there's always been detractors in Pittsburgh, but the people that are normally on his side, sounds like they're getting a little bit more quiet and it's like going the other way. Could you imagine Rooney? Decides, like, all right, it's time to move on from Mike Tomlin. It feels like that's chance this year. And I've never felt that over the last 15 years, pretty much, with Tomlin as the head coach. I would still be very surprised by that if that's a thing. Because their their entire mantra for years and years and years, and it is shown in their actions, is consistency. That That's yeah. what they do. And Mike Tomlin has had a terrific career as Steelers head coach. I'd be surprised if they were ready to make that move. And here's the other thing. We talk about loyalty with Tomlin. Yes, he's loyal, but he's not loyal to a fault. He has fired guys before when he felt like there was a better option. Tomlin is ultimately loyal toward winning, first and foremost. Without without question. And to your point, you're right in that he's going to be more loyal to some of his guys 
than other coaches might be because that's just how the Steelers do business. Ownership is more loyal to front office personnel and coaches than you see elsewhere. They've only had three head coaches since the late 60s. And then in turn, those coaches are probably going to be more loyal to those to their guys than other teams might be simply because that's how the organization does business. couple things to be concerned with. Number one, you're two and two. Looks good, but you got shellacked by the Niners, shellacked by Houston, pushed around physically in both games. The only reason you beat Cleveland is Deshaun Watson gave it away, and the Raiders aren't much of a threat. So you're two and two, but mm, you're probably not as good as that record indicates. In addition, if you're in the Steeler front office or in the ownership group, you're looking down saying, you know, the Browns are throwing games away. The Bengals are down. The AFC isn't as strong as we thought it was. This is a great opportunity for us to get to the playoffs, and we don't seem like we're ready to seize upon that. Number three, this isn't the identity we're used to seeing from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're used to big, physical, tough, taking a piece of your soul, even if you beat them. They don't really do that anymore. Kenny Pickett is not Ben Roethlisberger. Um, George Pickens is not Heinz Ward. Uh, Najee Harris is not Jerome Bettis. There is no Troy Polamalu. Like that team that used to just physically lay the wood to you doesn't exist anymore. And that's their identity. And they've gotten away from that a little bit as they try to figure out what's next for this era. And then finally, fourth and foremost, as you assess the Steeler organization, it has been six consecutive seasons without a single playoff win. I don't think a lot of people recognize how long it's been since the Steelers beat anybody in the playoffs. A lot of teams have gotten to the postseason in one games since the Steelers got their last one. Jacksonville has a playoff win since the Steelers last notched their playoff win, right? Like that's a long stretch. In fact, that six-year stretch is so long. The last time the Steelers went six years without a playoff win, you have to go back to the 60s into the early 70s, the start of the Chuck Knoll era where he eventually brought it to an end. That means things are very different. History, recent history, has been very different, and that might be the type of thing that leads to a change. I I agree with you. I don't think Tomlin is necessarily on that hot of a seat at the moment, but there are definitely things that are taking place there that are a lot different than what we've been seeing from them the last few decades. The lack of a playoff win is your biggest argument and your best argument because there is a certain standard that they are held to that is much different than everybody else. Having said that, this is more about who you've brought in than the coach. You know, we have looked at the players that they have drafted and they have not panned out. The offensive line, which they worked to improve, is not a whole lot better. Uh, The running game, Najee Harris is not a star running back. He's got over 1,000 yards his first two years, but that's with a ton of carries. The guy's averaging under four yards a carry for his career. Line's part of that. He's part of that. And then it's quite simply Kenny Pickett. We don't know if he's the guy. Now, most likely scenario to me is that Canada will get fired at the end of the year and they'll bring in somebody else to try to see if they could bring Pickett along to see if he's the guy. But remember one other thing, too. Kenny Pickett's not 21, 22. He's 25. He's 25, turning 26 before next year. So it's not like they are going to wait forever on him at this point. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. So the Steelers' playoff winless streak continues. The longest playoff drought in the NFL is in New York. 
And so that means the Jets are playing their Super Bowl on Sunday. Woo! That's next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Day betting alert! Day betting alert! That's right. Remind him, we got baseball coming up in just a little bit right here on ESPN Radio, Joseph. We have got the Texas Rangers and the Tampa Rays in game two of their series. So fill us in once again at, as to your play in this game that comes up at 3 o'clock Eastern time. It is a first five innings wager, which means everything that happens after the fifth inning is irrelevant. The first five innings are all that matter. We are betting Tampa Bay minus 150 in the first five innings. We're backing Zach Eflin and his 3.09 XERA career best in this matchup where the Rays backs are against the wall. I love it. I don't love you betting against my team, but I love it. Day betting alert. We've got day betting. Day betting alert. That's right. You know what it does? Moves your day along. That's what we're trying to do. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Handman, if you've got it back there, fire it up. It's the Robert Sala comments just from just a little while ago here uh, in reference to Sean Payton's comments this summer about Nathaniel Hackett and if they will carry into this game this weekend between the Jets and the Broncos. I said it before, in in football terms, that was 15 years ago. So it's 20. It's probably it's more like 25 now. It's been a couple of days. So it's but it's 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 long gone. It's this is uh, we're a different football team than we were in training camp. So the, so were they, and uh, we're we're just going out to play a football game. And, and the reality is, as coaches aren't going to play. The players, and uh, we, it's our job to put them in the best position possible to uh, be successful. Yeah, okay. I'm sure it won't come up at all this week in reference to this game in any meeting he's going to have. Not in the least, right? No coach would never bring that up coming into a game where they're playing against that opponent. No. No, not at all. This is an organization. Every time they speak, we're going to be paying attention. We're going to be commenting. We're going to be working through it, parsing it, because they found a way to make themselves the most talked about organization heading into the season with the signing of Aaron Rodgers, or I should say the trade for Aaron Rodgers. And then because of the injury to Rodgers, we're still focusing on him because they didn't turn it over to Joe Flacco, where we all kind of realized, all right, that's that. They turned it over to Zach Wilson which is like the how can you turn it over to Zach Wilson line that everyone's got. This was your best plan is reigniting the conversation about how big of a swing and a miss that was. So, Mm. yeah, we're going to continue to hear these things. We're going to continue to discuss them. The Jets, it's just fascinating to me that we find ways to ask questions such as are they finished? Could they make a run? Is this game important? 
they're done. They're toast. You get the best game of Zach Wilson's career against the Chiefs, and you still lost. There's nothing left to gain from any of this. Look, I understand that, but they're not going to go into that mentality right now. No. And, and no. we know that. But the Jets very much still think they have a chance. And what bothers me about the whole thing is that on one side, you've got Aaron Rodgers out here talking about, hey, folks, miracles happen. I might be back sooner than you think. You never know. It's almost like he's sending up smoke signals to the team of, like, just sit tight, boys. Keep us in it. And when I come back, oh, we got it. We're good. Like, you're not coming back before January at the earliest. Like, season's long over at that point. And so if you're trying to get to 3-3 and before the deadline, Right. If you're trying to get to three and three leading up to, um, you know, the bye week and then the trade deadline and you're looking at other quarterbacks or you're looking at Aaron and the schedule softens as it does in the second half of the year. Well, then they start to dream a little bit. I don't love the idea of relying on Aaron Rodgers or even thinking I shouldn't say relying, but even considering Aaron Rodgers, because to me, that is. Just a reminder of what you don't have. How much of this on behalf of Rodgers do you think is just a way to try to lead, try to motivate, try to keep the guys from packing it on the season? Like he's out here saying, I'm going to perform this miracle. I'm going to try to be back. Just hold down the fort. I'll come back and then we'll be fine. Obviously, it's the power of positive thinking. We're trying to get this team to stay together, to work together, to try to grind out some wins here. And, oh, maybe, just maybe, he'll be back to save the day. How much of it do you think is just him trying to be a leader, given the situation that he's facing? I think he's trying to be a leader in his way, which is the wrong way. Okay? Which is by being out in front and constantly being the center of attention? Listen. You want to be a leader here? Show up. He's showing up now, right? He's going to be in the building. Mm -hmm. Be in the building. It's a good thing for Aaron Rodgers to be around to help the quarterback as much as he can. It's a very good thing. I think that Zach Wilson can do nothing but benefit from that. But where, where they don't benefit is, frankly, when he's talking every week. I love it. Gives us great, great content. Each Wednesday, each Wednesday, we got something. We know we got something because from Tuesday, (laughs) he has said something that will get our attention. And I am fully appreciate of him trying to make our lives easier. But doesn't help the Jets. I I honestly don't think it helps the Jets. I don't think it does anything but hurt them when he hasn't been there. And the first thing he's doing is complaining about the fact that, you know, in talking to the team the other night, that his message got out like who cares dude like you didn't say anything that was ridiculous or absurd it it, no it, it that doesn't matter and what also doesn't matter is the fact that if you're trying to give guys hope of something happening when you admit that it's a miracle you acknowledge miracles happen like that's just misguided i i honestly think that it's one thing to be around the building and to help out It's another thing to be out in front and continually making it about you when he knows that we will all eat it up because we love having the content. But that's not helping that organization who's paying you a fortune, by the way.
Where do you think he's headed post-career? Tony Romo in the broadcast booth doing analysis. Uh, Pat McAfee, where he's off kind of doing his own show, podcast, whatever it may be. Boomer, Phil Sims, he's on the desk doing analysis work like Orlovsky or none of the above. If anything, he would try to go off and do his own thing, but he wouldn't do it like McAfee because he thinks he's smarter than all of us. Right, but he, you see him doing his own. He's not going to be on a desk. He's not going to be doing play-by-play. He's going to be kind of creating the Aaron Rodgers show, doing it his way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he wanted to host Jeopardy. Yeah, yes, and if he did that, that'd be cool. I'd be uh, no problem with that. I actually thought he was good at it. I liked it. But if he's going to go off and do his own thing, all right, can you attract an audience? Are, are people going to gravitate toward everything that you have to say after you're done? It's a good question, but right now, he's supposed to be helping this team win. He is not doing anything that is helping the team win by speaking publicly. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.